Hello everyone, and welcome to Always Picking Electric Securities, hosted by yours truly, Alex Marku. This podcast is going to be one where I keep track of a portfolio run off of my gambling picks and my investment choices. It's going to be up to you if you want to follow along. But as my first free piece of financial advice, I recommend you do. Now I've decided to create an episode zero, which will be unlike any other. I've only done this so that you as a listener can get an image on the voice behind this mic. So where should I start? How about where I was born? I was born in a small town called Cluj-Napoca, which is in Romania. And before you ask, it's not a place in Rome and we don't speak Roman. Just look it up on a map. It's definitely a shower. Now even though I was born in Romania, it does not mean I was raised there. At just 10 months old, my mom won a green card lottery system, which gave us visas for America. My young parents were ready to risk it all to start a fresh new life here in California. And risk they did, because their first jobs was working at the same McDonald's. I still remember as a young kid, going to Olive Garden and eating the unlimited soups and salads because we only had to pay about $5 per person. As they were settling down and gaining their footing in America, my parents were living the American dream. My mom eventually got her RN and was able to practice nursing here in America as she did in Romania. My dad became a self-employed truck driver and he was running his own company. My parents went from flipping burgers and eating unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks to having full-time positions and being able to eat at restaurants with dim light. Quite the blow-up if you ask me. And if you were to ask me more about them, I would tell you that they're the reason why I shoot for the stars. You see, I've always had big dreams. To even being a little kid playing basketball thinking I was going to be an NBA player and my backup plan was I was going to be a football player if that didn't work out. Considering you haven't heard of me yet, it means I wasn't drafted. That means reality hit the fan somewhere along the line, but I still kept hope for as long as I possibly could. It wasn't until I had a new goal that I truly let go of my aspirations to become an NBA player, and that goal was to own a business. Now I wasn't sure what kind of business I would even want to own or where to even begin, but I at least knew the direction I wanted to go in. Which leads me to what I studied during college. Some good old fashioned, hard number crunching, big brain thinking, accounting. Now hold on, don't log off this podcast just yet, because I'm going to tell you the reason I chose accounting over anything else in business. It had a lot to do with my first accounting professor in community college. She made accounting seem like the easiest subject in the world, but I was confused the whole time I was taking her class. I always wondered how do you know what accounts to pick? Like is it all just random? Come to find out, after getting my bachelor's degree, it's actually not all random. But the way she was able to explain every lesson I took in that class made me believe that she knew exactly what she was talking about. It was also really cool that as part of the group project, she made us play a game of Monopoly and then just record those as transactions. It was after her class that I truly knew what I wanted to do become one of the most boring accountants in the world. (laughs) No. You see, I found out in her class 
that if you truly understand accounting, you'll understand business. Because accounting is the boring language to business. And my new goal now wasn't to become an NBA player, but to understand this boring language so someday I could own not just the business, but a successful one. Now don't let my story so far fool you into thinking I was always smart with money. Because there was a point in 2018 where I almost went broke. Now granted I had my parents as a safety net and never truly would have been broke, I did get as close as humanly possible to the number zero. I guess you could say this all started when the Philadelphia Eagles had a really good season in 2018. Now after Carson Wentz got injured and big Nick took over, I was sad that the Eagles might not get their Super Bowl run. But the Eagles managed to win a couple ugly games and clinch the number one seed. Then I had a smooth brain thought. If the Eagles were to win that divisional matchup game, they would be in the championship game. That means one game away from the Super Bowl. How awesome would it be as a lifelong fan to finally go see one of their games and if they win, they're in the Super Bowl. So I quickly did my research and went on Ticketmaster. I was surprised when a ticket was only $800 for a third row seat. Yeah, I literally was on field level for only $800. That was of course assuming the Eagles beat the Falcons. Because this was a contingency game ticket, it meant I would get refunded if the game never happened. So after the weekend of the divisional round playoffs, the matchup was set. The Vikings were going to play the Eagles, and I was going to go to the game. Long story short, the Eagles slapped the Vikings, and the whole experience was worth it. But when I came back, I had something unexpected happen. My construction boss had ran out of jobs for the season, which meant I had to go a whole semester with no work. And I only had $800 left in my account. It was a rough semester, and I felt like I was living week to week, and I knew exactly how much I had in my account at any given moment. By the end of the semester, I wound up having three cents left in my account, but I landed a job with a Starbucks near me, so I was just waiting on that paycheck. That semester taught me one harsh reality. Just because you're studying accounting and think you know business doesn't mean life won't slap you around. Just like the Eagles slapped the Vikings, life can always give you a tough lesson. And it was truly from that moment forward that I vowed to myself to never let myself go that broke again. And I started applying what I was learning in accounting to my real life situations. I went from as simple as saving up my tips for a whole year from Starbucks to budgeting out my months once I started getting a paycheck. After I had saved my tips for a year, I decided to put all the money into a brokerage account. I figured I would need to learn about the stock market and investments if I truly wanted to make money. So August of 2019, I started my investment career. And that year, I used it to learn all the basics, from what time the stock market opens and closes, to how to set buy and sell limits, and I even got one of my brokerage accounts to be restricted from trading for 90 days because I broke a good faith act. All that meant is that I was trading on unsettled funds in a cash account. But hey, you live and you learn, right? That first year, I made what a regular mutual fund or 401k returns, 
6%. I felt kind of dumb to be honest, but then I had to remind myself that I was still learning this and it was all new to me. And that 6% return also took into account of the COVID correction. Now up until the pandemic happened and we were forced to stay inside, I really only traded stocks. But during the pandemic, I started experimenting with the gambling and crypto markets. It was a lot of fun when I started, and in gambling I've lost quite a lot of money. But what I found out about myself as a trader is that I am in love with volatility. The fact that you can make 10 times your money or lose nearly all of it in one pick is what really gets my blood pumping. Now I know I'm no expert in any of these markets yet, and I'm still just a novice investor that probably has gotten lucky more often than not. Now I stated earlier how after one year of investing I gained 6%, so that would put it at August 2020. Since then, I've been putting more money into gambling, investments, and crypto. On a percentage basis, I'm up about 50%. But in terms of making real money, I've made about $10,000 by just clicking buttons and holding most of my stuff. To put into context how this money actually means something to me, my first year of investing, I only ever put in $1,500. And it's because I only ever worked at Starbucks. It wasn't until February of 2021 that I got my first full-time position working for the state. And since then, I've just been upping the amount of money that I invest. I've figured, maybe if I'm getting lucky in making these picks, why not share them? Now aside from being a novice investor that's been pretty lucky with his picks during this bull market, why else would I make a podcast like this? Well, there's a date out there in the stock market that has me feeling some kind of way. That date is January 28th, 2021. And the reason that date pisses me off is because that's the date that Wall Street decided to shut off the buy button in certain stocks that they were losers in. Imagine that, being able to get out of a bad bet because your dad is the bookkeeper. Well, in short, that's kind of what happened. Now to recap what happened that week, there were certain stocks that literally shot to the moon. Stocks like GameStop, hit an all-time high of 480, AMC hit 20, Naked hit $3.40, and a stock like Koss hit $127 before that buy button was shut off. Now with only two years of experience in this stock market, I can tell you that there could have been any number of variables leading to these stocks spiking up in price. But the one thing they all had in common was a very high short interest rate on the float. Some of these stocks had a higher short interest rate, which is why they jumped to higher price ranges. But at the end of the day, they all spiked because of the high short interest. They also seemed to spike because enough traction was gained by retailers to buy and hold these stocks. Now why is that? Because Redditors on community forums were posting due diligence and research out for free. They were giving out free picks on stocks that had a high short interest rate which meant big money placed bets that the stock was gonna go down. Now maybe you can see why I'm a little irritated that the buy button was turned off, and I know I'm not the only one. Because during this week, I'm guessing a lot of these short positions were being closed out. 
That means anyone that owned a short position had to buy back the shares regardless of what the market price was. So you see how it's pretty conflicting that a buy button was churned off and it literally saved anyone that had a short position? These stocks were going to astronomical numbers and they had to buy back the shares regardless of what the price said on the screen. So Wall Street decided to lend out a helping hand. And I'm willing to bet on that date, January 28th, when they saw the price go from 480 and close at 190, they probably all popped the bottle of champagne like they did in 2008 and started celebrating as they avoided another collapse. Hooray, retail yet again has been screwed by Wall Street. But let's be real guys, is anyone surprised that Wall Street would ever pull off a stunt like this? Because they had the perfect scapegoat. They could blame Reddit. They could blame retail traders for pumping stocks. Not the fact that they put so much money over levered on short positions to the point that some shares had to be bought back more than the company even owned. But sure, let's blame a bunch of people getting together on Reddit saying which stocks they're gonna buy and hold. And then they might even give you a reason as to why they're doing it. They have the decency to tell you why as opposed to all these media heads out there that just tell you to buy stuff and then dump it on you. The media was very quick to jump onto the buy button being closed, but they never really cared to find out the true answer. Eventually they just used the scapegoat that was probably given to them by their big daddy. Oh, just tell them Reddit was pumping stocks, and that fundamentally nothing made sense. They'll eventually listen, young boy Jimmy. Just keep spewing shit. So that's my Cliff Notes version of how it went down. So going back to my question earlier of why this podcast? Well, because since that date, the lack of transparency from not just Wall Street, because that's expected, but the media is ridiculous. And I've always believed that if you're going to complain about a problem, you better have a solution or try to find one, otherwise stop complaining. And although it's not much and I'm just a one-man show for now, I hope that by making a transparent podcast about my financial picks and gambling picks to build a portfolio, will start a trend to at least be more transparent in the news media. It might be a long shot, but I'm willing to take that shot. My hope is that with this episode zero, you the listener were able to get to know a little bit more about me. Now I don't expect you to trust me with your money right away, but I will work as hard as I need to to earn that trust. So right now, I'll wrap up this episode with the three rules this podcast will always follow. Rule number one is to always be transparent. Rule number two is to not have a status quo. And then rule number three will be to never sell out. Personally, rule number one is pretty self-explanatory, and as this podcast goes on, you'll come to understand it more clearly. Rule number two about not having a status quo can sound confusing, but all it really means is that I can go against what would be done traditionally. So for example, if I'm up 500% on a stock, and one would typically sell, I might just double down on my initial investment. And then our final rule about not selling out is exactly what it means. On this podcast, you will not hear any advertisements, there will be zero sponsorships, and I will not take money to say anything that I would not say otherwise on my podcast. 
Now I know what you're probably thinking. Isn't that kind of dumb? Can't you make money off of sponsorships and deals like that on a podcast? And the answer is yes. But I'm not making this podcast to make myself money. I'm actually doing the opposite. I'm trying to make money and then relay the information on this podcast. It's going to be up to you if you want to follow along. And once I've earned your trust, I hope you're ready to buckle up because I'm ready to take any money you put into this podcast's portfolio and take it straight to the stars. Full disclosure, anything said on this podcast can be and should be used as financial advice as long as you choose to follow it. Remember that you are receiving free financial advice from an ape who believes that in order to make stupid gains, you must first make stupid bets. Wall Street, I'm coming for ya. Ape out.